All right, well, good morning, Shore. Uh, welcome to our third Sunday online. Uh, glad you're with us. We're at St. David's. Really thankful for their ministry uh, to give us this space to film. I want to thank Jill and Jordan, who are both right here filming. Uh, we are in a second last message in our study in the book of Galatians. Uh, so if you have a Bible uh, or you're on your phone, uh, please open it to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 13 uh, all the way to 26 today, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, talking about how to have fullness in life with the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is actually one of my new favorite passages on the Holy Spirit. So I'm very excited to spend our whole time enjoying and unpacking life in the Spirit. So that's where we're going to go today. Uh, why don't we read our passage, uh, and then we'll, we'll get into uh, three points, three ways to have fullness with the Holy Spirit. Uh, so Galatians 5, we read this. For you were called... To freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify or carry out the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Did you notice the emphasis? Seven times it's mentioned the secret to living free and experiencing the deep life with God, becoming someone who's flowing with supernatural, has to be explained by the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control towards others, is found in a walk. That's the big idea today. It's found in a walk with the person of the Holy Spirit. So if you come to Galatians 5, which often we do, all right, parents, I know exactly whenever we need patience, we come to Galatians 5 and we say, for example, well, I lack patience or I lack joy, so I just need to pray for joy, and, and that's good and that's okay, but that's not what this passage is saying. What this passage is saying is if you lack joy or you lack patience, it's an indication you are out of alignment 
with the walk. Walking with the Holy Spirit in all of your life is the key. It's the new way we love people. We don't love, like Paul said to these false teachers who are coming in by being obedient to these old traditions and laws. We now live with the new life of God with us, in us, by the Holy Spirit. And so that's all we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Let me begin, though, in a word of prayer. Uh, I will say after uh, this message, we'll have a video below uh, where I'm going to lead you into a time of prayer to close the gathering. Um, but let me, let me pray now. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. So um, just right where you are in your living room or wherever you are, just, just pause for a moment and, take a, and just put your hands out like this. And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. Jesus, we, we're excited. We uh, are excited to just meet with you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present with us. Lord, we just say that apart from you, we can do nothing. Jesus, you told us in Luke 11 that for everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so, Lord, we are just, we're excited to just slow down this morning and learn how do we walk in the fullness with you? How do we walk, Holy Spirit, in a, in a relationship with you? And so I just, I pray as we go through this passage together, would you just lead us in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so three uh, keys that Paul highlights for us uh, to walk in the, in the fullness of the Spirit. Here they are. Uh, number one, just walk. Walk interactively with the Spirit. Okay, number two, we're going to look at use your freedom to love, not indulge your old self. And the third way that, that we walk in the fullness of the Spirit is we have to understand fruit, namely the fruit the Spirit produces when we're walking in with the Spirit is fruit for others. It's fruit for others. So walk interactively, use your freedom to love, and your fruit is for others. Okay, so here's the first one. Just walk interactively with the Spirit. Again, um, you can't help and, but see the repetitiveness of this call to walk. Here it is on the screen. Uh, in three ways. Verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Verse 18, if you are led by the Spirit. Verse 26, if we live by the Spirit. Okay, that is Paul's description of every Christian. So he says, if we live by the Spirit, this is our new life with Jesus, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So if I could simplify for us, I would just say, remember one thing from this sermon. All you're asked to do in this passage is simply to walk. Walk step by step with the Spirit. So this is, let me explain, this is a continuous, interactive, dynamic, living life with the Holy Spirit. It simply means to have a continuous concentration on the Spirit, on things as they are with you in just that moment, then the next, then the next, 
than the next. It's a walk. So life in the spirit is living in an interactive love relationship with our guiding God who's applying and continuously pouring out his love, his grace, and the presence of Jesus. It's in a walk. He's with us in a continual way to form within us everything Jesus has and is and has worked for us. Okay, now, here's why I emphasize this. One of Satan's favorite weapons uh, against us is false condemnation. And the way this works is in generalities, okay? So let me explain. Um, What our enemy loves to do is he loves to aggravate our flesh, like our old, you know, sin nature, those things that we want to do before we met Jesus. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. But what he does is he aggravates that so he can get us into sin, which then leads us into feeling condemned by him for the very thing he tempted us to do in the first place. So that, what, we feel like garbage. And in the end, his whole goal is to get us self-obsessed, self-absorbed in why why we're not good enough, and, and it's just this tactic of the enemy. But here's the key. <laughs> Satan works in this kind of broad, general kind of condemnation cloud or self-hate. He points out our past and he goes, you know what? You're going to be like that again. Look at what you did. Look at your thoughts. You're probably going to be like this in the future. But it's vague. Okay, That's not the spirit. That's not the walk. And I say this because it's important that we know the difference between the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the enemy's false condemnation, right? We need to know that, especially when we're in self-isolation and it's just us and we don't have a lot of Christian community to talk this stuff through, we're going to be hearing these things. So what's the difference between the Holy Spirit's conviction and Satan's false condemnation? Well, here's here's the difference. If Satan uses generalities of the past or of the future, this will be on the screen, God sees both the past and future in Christ and thus just deals with the present and deals specifically. Okay, so here's how one 1950s missionary put this. It'll be on the screen. He says, we walk moment by moment, step by step with him. The past under the blood, the future in his keeping. We are in Jesus and he in us. Now then, if our walk at this moment is darkened with clouds because of the rising of some emotion of sin in us, right, the flesh, then God just points to that. He's just after getting you loved in that. There, he says, Look at that, just that, just get that quickly under the blood and then walk again with me. So simple, so free from these condemnations from the past and from those fears of the future. Okay, do you see the difference? Walking in the step of the Spirit is a life where your whole soul is already accepted and wanted and cherished. You're in a love relationship with God. Your whole life is free. We saw this last week. Jesus came to get us free. You are forgiven. You are covered in Jesus. And so a walk with the Spirit is one of cleansing, of getting you to be more loving, not to condemn you. The Holy Spirit's walk is one of lifting our eyes towards Jesus over and over and over and say, remember his grace, 
That's covered. Get that into the light. It's an interactive love affair with the one who's always flowing with God's love and grace. Okay, listen listen how Jesus describes um, the work of the Holy Spirit in John 16. He says this in verse 14. He, speaking of the Holy Spirit, will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. One translation of this verse says, he will bring me glory by receiving something from me and showing it to you. Okay, so let's just talk a little more practically here. If you get stuck in a situation where, you know, your flesh is right there, you can feel this anger or whatever is, you know, impatience, jealousy, lust stirring up, or or maybe you're in the middle of a relational conflict and you can feel this pull, or you're about to lose it right on your teenager or your little five-year-old, there, it's right there, just that. When you turn to the Spirit in you, to your present walk, and you say, Holy Spirit, help. Right? It's a following of the Spirit's leading, and then you wait. Right? I've said this before, and I borrow this, but theology 101, God is smart. He knows stuff we don't know, and he likes to tell us what, what he knows. So we can say this, Holy Spirit, I'm stuck. I don't know what's going to click or bring release to this situation, I don't know what's going to help my teenager, but you do. And so I will wait and you lead. So so if you're feeling, again, a part of your flesh rising up, maybe envy or anxiety, it's right there. It's just that, that you say, Holy Spirit, what's underneath that? Like what's underneath that that you're wanting to highlight where if I came to you with this emotion and I lifted my eyes to Jesus and processed it with you and believed, what does Jesus believe about this? What would Jesus say to this would produce in me love, joy, peace, patience, kindness towards the other? Okay, it's a walk. Okay, what what you don't do is go, you know what, I'm a bad mom, or or, why do I do that, or I'm so stupid, or, you know, that's, that's the enemy. That's not life in the walk. What you do is you go, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll wait till I get wisdom from you. And then once you get wisdom, if it's something that you're struggling with, you get that under the blood. And then you keep walking. It's forgiven. It's loved. Listen, God does not want you to carry around the shame and sin in your soul that he's already paid for on the cross. He doesn't. He's come to get you free. So let me, let me just share, you, uh, share with you one story. So uh, a great gal in our church, Adrian uh, Sanchez, comes in to uh, see me about three weeks ago. I asked Adrian if I could share the story, so thank you, Adrian. Um, and she said yes. So she comes into my office, and we're just sitting there, and uh, she wanted to talk about something that happened to her 10 years ago. And so she shares uh, with me this really traumatic event, and, and she's just looking at me going, I don't know why this happened or I don't know what to do with this. And I just asked her, that was 10 years ago, uh, what kind of impact does this still have on you today? And she said, I think about this every single day. And I was like, every day? She's like, yeah. So in my head, just, you know, I'm thinking, Holy Spirit, I do not know what to do because I don't know why that happened to her. 
but you know, and I just knew, this impacts her every day. Only Jesus can heal this place in her life and in her soul. And so I just, I asked the Holy Spirit in my mind, what do I do? And I, I heard this sense in my mind, just bring her to Jesus. So I said to her, um, uh, Adrian, you and I both believe that Jesus is real and that he really, really loves you. And I just asked, I asked her this question, have you shared this with Jesus? Like, have you asked him the question why it happened? Did, have you even told him how you felt? Um, and then I said to her, just so you know, he's omnipresent and he was there that night. And so, and so if you're okay with it, I'd love for you to pray and just tell Jesus how you felt. And then I'll pray and I'll ask Jesus to show you or even speak to you where he was that night. And listen, sure, I had no idea what was going to happen. But here's what I knew. I couldn't do anything without the help of the walk of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we pray. And so she starts, and, and I'm on my knees, and she's praying. And so she just starts talking to Jesus and brings Jesus everything she went through. She felt alone. She felt scared. She was just sharing with Jesus these emotions. And it was beautiful because Jesus was really there with her. And, um, and then as soon as she started sharing this, I said, okay, Adrian, now I'm going to ask Jesus to tell you or to show you uh, with the Holy Spirit's help, he's present, he's in control, what he wants to say to you. So Holy Spirit, would you now come? And I just stayed silent. I had no idea what God was going to do. Within 30 seconds, she just starts crying. And she's experiencing the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said to her, I was protecting you the whole time, and it was the only way you would believe. And that was it. She looked at me after prayer, and she just said, thank you. And I was like, I didn't do anything, but thank you. And she hasn't thought about it since. She's completely free. It's amazing. See, when the Holy Spirit is giving us revelatory experiences with the grace and love of Jesus towards us in the gospel, like John 16 says he does, we grow, we get free, and we grow fruit. Okay, now, just so you know, when our kids, uh, they come to us with an over-emotion, that's what I call it, or deep anxiety or fear, we love them, you know, give them hugs. And, but one thing we've started saying is, have you shared this fear or this anger with Jesus? Like, have you told Jesus how you feel and have you asked him what he wants you to believe? And oftentimes they'll say no, and then I'll, we'll ask them, do you want to do that with me? And they'll say, okay, so we'll do that together. So Friday, uh, Joseph, uh, you know, Joseph, little young Joseph. So he, um, he, said, he said something inappropriate on a phone call we had with some family. And so we're like, Joseph, come here, you can't say that. And he felt really, really bad for it. He just came out and he felt really bad. And he went into our pantry and he, he said he felt in his heart or he heard in his mind, I don't belong here. And so we, were, so we just said to him, okay, buddy, um, do you want to tell Jesus how you feel? And he's like, okay, I'll do it in my head. And so he told Jesus, I don't feel like I belong here. And then we asked Jesus to tell Joey, is that true? And Joey said, no. Jesus told me it's not true. So here's what I'm saying, sure. He's really, really real. It's a real walk. Um, and so I've been, re I've been asking myself recently, when did I get so nervous about a living, interactive, 
powerful life with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Let me, let me say this. If I could talk to married couples just for a moment, uh, and let me say this. If you got stuff, okay? L- let me say, let, like, if you got these unwanted emotions going on right now in this quarantine-ness, or sin patterns, or disappointments, or these brewing thoughts in your soul that the Holy Spirit is giving specific conviction to, um, here's what you need to do. You need to process that stuff with God. You have to get that stuff up to God, and then you have to get with one another, and you have to do like what I did with Joseph. You have to be able to say, honey, um, I got all this stuff Uh, The Spirit's really loving me right now, and He's convicting me, and it's ugly. Would you be okay if I got this out and you just heard me? Some of it is feelings towards you that I know are not true. And then could you just bring or be present with me as I bring this stuff to Jesus together? And then you get alone together, and you just bring this stuff to Jesus. Jesus can touch those places of anxiety. You guys can fall deeper in a relationship So often, we get stuck when we just end up talking in our own minds or or just keeping it in there with the same things over and over and over, and we find that there's there's no progress. And the reason why there's no progress is we're just bottling it up or we're just merely talking about it, and we're not processing it with God. So here's what I'm saying. You have to get that stuff to Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's a walk. That's my first point. It's an interactive, real living walk with the Spirit. Our lives should not make any sense without the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So so that's number one. Number two, uh, so how do we live in the fullness of the Spirit? It's an interactive living walk. Number two, uh, Paul says we use our freedom to love. The Holy Spirit in us is a, is a spirit that's used to love others, not indulge our old self. So begin again with me in Galatians 5 verse 13. It says this, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, right? You're free from sin, but not freed to sin. But here's what he says, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall, what's our word? Sure, love your neighbor as yourself. And then verse 16, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh, they're against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For, they, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things. Now watch this. You want to do Now that you're a Christian, you have a new heart, you have new desires, you want to do what the Holy Spirit says. He's saying, use your freedom to do what your new spirit-drenched walk wants to do. And that is to love others, not serve yourself and your old self. Okay, there's an inward war. Notice that. You have opposing desires at work. So if you're a Christian, you feel this, okay? Show of hands, you feel this, okay? Look around the room, see who's not doing it. Show that we all have this, okay? There's a battle. Here's a, you know, fun, you know, it's cheesy, whatever. Um, but let me explain this, okay? The flesh, so what is the flesh? The flesh is simply the self-oriented, um, self-centered orientation of our hearts before we met Jesus, 
It's, it's the nature we're born with. Uh, Paul calls this uh, the old man in Romans 7, the law of sin. Theologians call this indwelling sin. J.B. Phillips translates this the lower self. And so when Adam and Eve sinned and disobeyed God, we were all born with a spiritually broken, a spiritually deadened heart towards loving God, and it was bent on self. It simply put a, a gravity of selfishness. To borrow one's language, you have a flesh operating system generating passions. These passions are over desires for self. And Paul, he doesn't hesitate to tell us what these desires produce. You can look at it in verse 19. He says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident, that you can see them. They're obviously happening. Here's, here's the first one, sexual sins. He says sexual immorality, impurity, and sensuality. Now remember, this is a walk. And so what you need to do is you need to get along with the Holy Spirit and ask Him what this looks like for you. For some... Um, this is a pursuit, it, whether, it, whether it be like news articles. You know there's certain websites that stir up the flesh, and, and you know what you're going to see when you go there. For others of you, this is books. Uh, others of you, it's Prime, Netflix, you know, shows you watch. Okay, If, if it has nudity 100% of the time, it's going to stir up flesh. Idolatry. Okay, so let me say this. If our flesh operating system is continually creating inordinate desires for control, and uh, what's going to happen is you're going to take good things. So you're going to take career. You'll take money. You'll take you know, human opinion, human approval. You'll even take family. And idolatry is what happens is, what, is we make it ultimate, Right? We say that, I, that this is what's going to give me life and fullness and happiness, and if I have that, then I'll be okay. It's something that we give more meaning to apart from God. And so we say if we don't have that, we have nothing. It's, it's, it's sorcery. This is love for uh, spirituality apart from God. It's the worship of evil powers, enmity, strife, okay, jealousy. Uh, let me just share with you, like, this one came up for me last week, okay? Just, you know, my flesh, the way I re- relate to my flesh is it's always like, you know, trick handles. Remember trick handles when you were a kid? Yeah, trick handles. And what you would do is you would blow them out, and, like, you would get victory. They would all go away, and then all of a sudden be like, light back up. Okay, that's like our flesh. And we're like, hey, I thought I blew you guys out. No. Okay, so let me tell you. So in the chaos of switching to online Sundays, um, I found this this jealousy rise up. Um, I I saw ministries that were responding faster, had, you know, better, uh, what I thought was better. You know, they had a building. I just had this jealousy. And what's crazy is it was jealousy around people that I loved. Right? It was weird, but it wasn't the new me. We're all going to have flesh, okay? Let's keep going. Fits of anger, okay? Moms and dads, right? Just so you know, when we flip out at our kids while we're in self-isolation, it's the flesh. Now, here's the thing. Don't feel awful about it. Just get it under the blood and get back in the river. Tell your kids, hey, kids, mommy needs time with the Holy Spirit because you guys are a lot to handle, right? Just, you know, our four-year-old literally cried the entire afternoon last week one day. The entire afternoon. 
Now, Nikki will tell you she was there. I was at, you know, working on this. But anyways, let me say this. Um, if, if you're sharing, you know, time in the home and you got people working from home, make sure you, you carve out time where you guys can each get your own quiet time and get alone with God. Uh, he goes on rivalries, dissensions, divisions. These are social fleshly desires, right? It feels good to separate people into their little groups. You love when you have a clique and, um, you know, d- divisions. You love to question everything your CG leader says, right? Now, if he's not a heretic, that's just probably your flesh. Envy. Let me ask you this question. What do you think about unfiltered? Like, what are those dreams that you want? Um, what, what, do you, what do you online shop for but never really buy? Some of that is just the flesh. Drunkenness, he goes on. Alcohol is the most common comfort sin. Uh, alcohol is one of those where you, you just kind of get to numb away, uh, just relax, and it opens up your old desires. You're not pressing in in life with the Spirit. Um, now, in your community groups on Zoom this week, been really encouraged to see all the CGs on Zoom. Um, you're going to read Romans 7, but let me give you some consolation because right now we're all feeling the conviction of the Spirit, which is good because He's going to walk with us moment by moment, and as it comes up, we just get alone with Him and we process that stuff with Him. It's forgiven. It's, we're loved, but it's a walk with the Spirit. But let me read Romans 7 to give you some consolation. So here's how Paul, in, in his most spiritual time, describes the flesh. He says this, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is... In my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, that's from the Spirit, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but, the pre- but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. And he just goes on and on. I encourage you to read Romans 7. But there's an inward battle. Okay, so what do we do? We remember, here's what we do. Verse 25, we, re- <coughs> excuse me. we remember who's won. Look at Galatians 25, it says this, and those, I mean, Galatians 5, verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay, so we still have this flesh operating system, but according to this verse, where is it? Answer, it's crucified on the cross. Well, how does that work? How does that work? Like, it's crucified, but it's in us. Let me explain this. So here's how this works. We have, all theologians are are explaining this really, really clear. We have been saved from the power and the penalty of sin, but we're being saved from the presence of sin. Okay? So I like to picture with like a chicken with its head cut off. It's been crucified, but it's still got a little bit of a run. And so here's what I need to say to us, sure, we have to claim that. Uh, Let me read this verse in in another translation. It says this, those who belong to Jesus have nailed their sinful nature to his cross. So practically speaking, when you're feeling the flesh rise up, it does not mean that the spirit is absent. No, no, he's more present than ever. Remember, he's highlighting it. He's saying that, let's go for that. He's saying it's, it's, what Paul's saying is that flesh is trying to come off the cross. 
And that's where we go, no, 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 come on, Holy Spirit, you do not get to, you know, you're getting back on that cross, right? You're dead to me, we kill it. We say, I don't have to sin because I've been delivered out of darkness and I'm, now I belong to Jesus. Flesh, you have no relationship to me, I'm no longer under your desire or authority. Okay, let me say it this way, we don't manage sin, we kill it. We don't dodge sin. We destroy it. We don't dance around it, taste a little. We take nine-inch nails, and we say, Holy Spirit, this is going right back to the cross with you. That's what we do. Okay, you give power in your life to whatever you agree with. We have to claim this verse. This verse is true. It has been crucified. Let me ask you this. How's it going? How's it going? In what sense, James? Well, do you excuse sin? Do you get into the light? Are you enjoying a walk with the Holy Spirit? Remember, the Spirit's focus is never to condemn you, but to get you to love more. The key principle isn't to beat yourself up, but to get everything under the blood. It's about living free. See, if you went back to that list, all of those old fleshly parts of us is just slavery. Like, why would you want to live in slavery again? Don't let it. Like, if that website that you keep going to just gets you back into slavery, you have to claim, verse 24, you have to take nine-inch nails with, with the Holy Spirit, and you say, you're going back to that cross, and you bring it into the light. You bring it into the light. <clears throat> and you're forgiven. You bring it under the blood. Okay, third key to walking to the fullness of life uh, comes from this new framework. This will be the last two minutes we have here. Um, but, but the fruit of the Spirit, this is really, really key, is not just for you. It's for others. Let me read this passage in the NIRV. It'll, it'll give you a clear <coughs> uh, picture of this. It says this, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit produces, wait, but I'll just read it from mine. But the fruit the Holy Spirit produces is love, joy, and peace. It is being patient, kind, and good. It is being faithful and gentle and having control of oneself. Remember, the whole context right now is that we don't live acceptable with, through the law. We don't love others by being obedient to the law. We were accepted by Jesus, and now we love by the Spirit. And so the context is how we love others in a new way. So the context is not how do I get to feeling good? The context is how can I live out God's love? Right? J.I. Packer, uh, in his book, Keep in Step with the Spirit, says this, Love looks not away from, but beyond rules and principles to persons and seeks their welfare and glory. Love is not essentially a feeling of affection, but a way of behaving. And if it starts as a feeling, it must become more than a feeling. If it is not truly, if it is, if it is to be truly love, love does something. It gives. This is how it establishes its identity. So practically speaking, if you find yourself unable to give fruit, to, to be loving, to have peace and joy, or not able to give patience and kindness and goodness, 
It, it's, it's not like you need to go and kind of go ask for a certain fruit. It's an indication of an overfocus on yourself and you're not in alignment with the walk of the Spirit. There's stuff you got to bring up and you got to get out. And you have to experience the love of Jesus because the Holy Spirit is always connecting you to the gospel of Jesus. That's why I said last week, one of the most important things we can do, sure, in this time is to get those 10-minute retreats of silence and solitude where you just get alone with Jesus and you say, Jesus, show me how you love me. It's where we wake up in the morning. Remember, we say, who? Who can I love? So so let's say you're being impatient. Come to the Spirit who will connect you to the gospel and wait. And you'll hear more than likely a scripture you read that morning or a past experience of his love will come to mind. Or you'll think of how Jesus hasn't given up on you, how Jesus has really been patient with you. And, and you'll receive his love. I'm wanted. I'm deeply loved. Jesus loves me. And so why am I so bothered by this? Why am I so, if I have his love, right? When I was aggravating to you, Jesus, you moved with me with patience and kindness. And so now I want to experience this now so that I can be this for my husband, for my kids, for my coworkers on Zoom. And then bless, bless them. Bless them in prayer and say, Holy Spirit, thank you. I want to bless my kids and I want to bless my coworkers. I want to pray that your gospel would flow through me into others. Okay, Andrew Murray says this, not to be occupied with your sin, but to be occupied with God brings deliverance from self. That's the key. The more you're occupied with God, the more fruit of God you'll grow. And you'll know you're growing fruit because you'll be less occupied with you. So we need this. So as we close, I I want you to just think about your walk with the Holy Spirit. I want you to begin to tell Jesus, ask him, Jesus, I want more of the Holy Spirit. And then thank the Holy Spirit for his presence in you. Welcome him. And then honestly, sure, a lot of this is really, really obedience and taking risks with the Holy Spirit. He's really, really real. He's really, really in you. And you are growing. You are bearing fruit. If you asked a friend, hey, you know, three years ago, how was my love, joy, peace, patience? They'll see you're gradually growing. This is a walk, but it's an, it's an adventure. It's a huge adventure, Okay. Let me say this last thing. You don't want your life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. You don't want your life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray for us now. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray a blessing on you and ask the Holy Spirit to bless us with his presence. So Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for this word. We thank you for your victory. We thank you that we are uh, yours. We belong to you. You have in our place, lived a perfect life, died for our sin, rose again, and in giving us new life, your presence with us, the Holy Spirit, we have, we have had our flesh crucified with Christ. And so I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, would you just now show us, show all those watching your real living presence. So I ask you now to come, Holy Spirit, and just rest. And, and Father, I pray you would bless all those watching
listening to this now with the Holy Spirit. Bless them more of, with more of the presence of the Holy Spirit, more of the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the Holy Spirit in them would, would bring them continuously to the overflowing love of Jesus. And so, Jesus, we thank you. Father, we thank you. And we just pray that as we, uh, Lord, go from here, would we go now in an interactive walk? Would we use our freedom to love? And Holy Spirit, please, please show us that the fruit that you're growing is fruit that is for others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.